You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation, and welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. It's Matt and Logan here again, enhancing your Eagles fan experience and keeping you up to date on all things Eagles related. As the Eagles are now several days into training camp, some players are playing better than others and separating themselves on the roster. With a deep roster, not everyone is safe from the cuts that are going to come in a few weeks, and everyone is giving it their all to earn that final spot. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball on who is improving in training camp. So a few wide receivers come to mind. Um, Mark and Michelle, who the Eagles signed from the Canadian Football League. Um, Greg Ward Jr., who's been with the Eagles um, a couple years in the past. And uh, Carlton Agudasi, um, he's got a tough name to pronounce, but he's trying to make sure that everybody remembers it. He's a big receiver, and he's using that to his advantage. So Logan wrote an article about um, two of these guys a couple of days ago. And if you didn't um, get to read that article, he's going to tell you what he thinks about these receivers and we'll go from there. Yeah, I could do as he's, um, I agree. It's definitely a tough name to pronounce, tough name to remember, but he's definitely making a name for himself at camp. He he's six foot seven, which that alone already draws attention, whether people want him to make the team or not six foot seven, not, very many receivers in the NFL are that big. And um, he's obviously a very dangerous threat in the, the red zone. He, I think the last practice he had three touchdowns in the red zone, which is pretty good. Um, he hasn't quite made it yet to competing with um, the first-team offense, but he's still doing pretty well paired with Nate Sudfeld. And then you have a guy like um, Mark and Michelle, who he really caught attention over the offseason because he was doing these crazy workouts where he's doing these 45-inch box jumps, holding a 10-pound medicine ball, which – pound um, medicine ball so that's crazy he um actually became one of Carson Wentz's most favorite receivers during uh OTAs which obviously you want Carson Wentz to have guys that he has a good uh, rapport with and um he's comfortable with and so that obviously gives Mark and Michelle the upper hand and then he mentioned Greg Ward he's been playing really well um during training camp he, I would think if they keep six wide receivers he definitely has inside track to making um one of those two final spots uh, so they definitely have a few guys really performing at wide receiver, a few guys um, that they're, people are familiar with, a few guys that they're not, but there's a lot of great competition there going on. Yeah, out of these three receivers, um, I think the final receiver to make the cut, you got guys like Ashon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, JJR, Sega Whiteside. The final um, names that we're going to see make the roster, I think, is going to come from these three. It's going to be one or two of them because they've been playing the best. Um, as opposed to other guys like Braxton Miller on a team that um, they they got a lot of guys at wide receiver right now in this 90-man roster, and they're all competing for one or two spots. So it's interesting to watch, but these guys are definitely pulling ahead early in the race. And Greg Ward's definitely been one of my favorite um, players so far in this battle because he's been with the team. He knows the system, but he just hasn't been able to you know, find his way with the Eagles. Um, if I'm right, he was with the AAF um, last yeah. year, correct? Yep. Yeah, with San Antonio. Yeah, and he played very well with them. Um, and now so far in training camp, he's making catches in uh, traffic, making great um, plays so far. And he's really, um, you know, proving that his experience last year and with the Eagles in previous off seasons that he's ready to finally make a 53-man roster cut. And the other guys like Agadasi and Michelle, you know, they're playing well. Agadasi is a huge frame. Uh, Logan mentioned the red zone accessibility for him just because he's so big um not only is he using his size but i saw one reporter say that he's doing a great job of keeping his feet in bounds um while being targeted in the red zone so he's had that control um despite being so tall and uh mark michelle's a great receiver um proved himself in the canadian football league his brother sony michelle is um succeeding with the patriots and he's ready to compete and show that he deserves a spot in the nfl as well 
So all these guys are um, set up to succeed in the Eagles system because they got a great O-line. They got Carson Wentz thrown to them. Um, so I'm excited to see who finally makes the final cut. But these guys are really giving a good fight. Yeah, don't forget about Matt Collins either. He's kind of always becoming the forgotten man. Uh, yeah. he, he actually was playing well um, before he got hurt. He had that lower body injury uh, out a few days. Obviously kind of sparked concern because of that. 18-month hiatus he had recovering from the um, groin and hernia injury. But uh, he's actually going to be back practicing fully in a few days. So assuming Matt Collins stays healthy, I don't see how he doesn't make the roster. Um, so because he knows the system, he has a good connection with Carson Wentz. Um, obviously, in his rookie season, he did well. He had that deep touchdown against the Redskins. So if the Eagles go with five wide receivers, these guys that we just mentioned might all – kind of already be cut off just because Matt Collins already knows the system, knows the team, and the team likes him. But say they go to six receivers, I yeah, you can make a great case for a lot of these guys. Mark and Michelle, easy case to make because of Carson Wentz. Carlton Agadozzi, com- completely unique compared to all these guys. And then you got Greg Ward, who's just all around competing on the field. Even a guy like Charles Robinson, who um kind of been back and forth in the league, uh, he's been playing well. He's probably got kind of the lower hand in the situation. And then you have like Braxton Miller and Shelton Gibson, who they're just kind of camp bodies at this rate. They're not going to make it, but there's a lot going on here. But in this situation, stuff be very good to have. Um, they have a lot of very interesting threats at wide receivers between veterans and young guys. There's uh, a lot to be excited about. Yeah, definitely. When the um, off season started, I really wanted to see Braxton Miller start to improve and make this final roster because you know, he's a great athlete. Um, I enjoyed watching him in college, and I really wanted him to like make a name for himself in the, in the NFL because he hasn't really um, proved himself yet. But you know, a lot of these guys are stepping up ahead of him, and you know, um, I'm supporting this competition, and you know, can't really play favorites anymore. And you're right, um, I, I did forget about Matt Collins when I was just discussing that, and he um, he did have that long injury last year, but you know, he's coming back and he's ready to play. The coaches still have his back and are still supporting him. And if he can come out and uh, come back to his full form and maybe even improve a little, he's definitely locked to make the roster because they love him and he's great on special teams. Um, that's a, another thing yeah. that they value a lot on this roster. So um, that's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be after he gets back from um, his new injury and how these other guys are performing against him because it's going to be a small group that makes the cut out of this large group right now. Um, but I'm here for the competition. Yeah, I know a lot of people kind of have a negative outlook on Matt Collins just because of the injury, and it's not like he's just going to make the roster on accident. He's still going to have to prove himself. He's still going to have to play well, but he, like I said before, he really was doing that. He was doing very well in practice, um, played a little bit with the ones, made some nice catches, um, really competing out there, but say Mark and Michelle and Carlton Agudozzi are completely outplaying him, just doing really well. Matt Collins is kind of still dinged up, there's a very real chance he gets caught and is no longer on the team. And I don't think the coaches are looking to move on from Matt Collins, but I think if they are given reason to, there's a chance it could happen. So um, Matt Collins is still going to have to prove himself as to why he deserves a spot on the team. But like you said, Matt, I think there's, it'd be surprising if that happens just because we know he's a good player. We know that he's very um, capable on special teams, which is very important for the Eagles. They, um, they, when the special teams is having success, the team has success. So um, there's a lot that you can use Matt Collins for. So he has inside track to make the team. But like I said, he's still going to play well for that to happen. Definitely. And moving over to the running back position, um, the starting running back, Jordan Howard, is getting a lot of great things said about him. But the running back with the most attention so far is rookie Miles Sanders. Um, he's making a very big impact already. Um He's playing great football in training camp. A lot of guys on the team are giving him a lot of credit. And um, reporters are saying that he just looks different running the football in training camp. He has a great acceleration through the line of scrimmage. And um, other running backs on the team don't really have that. So it's great to have that dynamic playmaking of running back that the Eagles have been lacking for years. And um, it's not really a question of um, if he's going to take the starting role eventually. It's just a question of when. Because Jordan Howard's a great running back, but you know these young running backs, the NFL guys that come into the league, they take it by storm. Um, we saw last year; it, it's so rare to see an undrafted running back come and um, play so well, like Philip Lindsay did with the Broncos. But guys that are fresh, 
Uh, they play really well, and the Eagles need to take advantage of that. They're going to take it by committee with him and Howard, but um, I think Sanders is going to play a lot more than a lot of people expected. Um, the other day in training camp, he had a kick return touchdown, so it's really good to see that he's shown that versatility across the field, and he's shown to everyone that he deserved to be picked in the second round. Yeah, there is obviously some alarm going on because he went down with that foot injury. He's fine with that. He's fine from the hamstring injury. So he's kind of dodged two bullets already. I would like to see him stay consistently healthy where he's not going down with these um, minor injuries and um, getting dinged up because you want to see a guy that's going to be the running back of the future prove that he's durable. But um, yeah, with Jordan Howard and Sanders, I think it's a testament to how well Sanders is doing because it's not like Jordan Howard's going out there and kind of laying an egg every time he carries the ball. He's, he's a great player. We know what he's capable of doing. He's, I think, one of three running backs to um, average 1,000 yards per season over the last three seasons. So it's not like Jordan Howard's some pushover. It's not like Miles Sanders just going to walk in, earn the starting role in four weeks because he's doing really well and Howard's not. Howard's doing really well. So because of that and the fact that there's still so much talk about Miles Sanders, that's a testament to what Sanders is going to be. Um, I'd be. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being the – lead running back by by the end of the season where he's getting the majority of carries and Jordan Howard's pretty much just like goal line, short yarded situation. So um Miles Sanders is unsurprisingly really impressing everybody. So it's definitely something to be excited about. Um and I just from what we've seen, he's definitely capable of being the running back of the future. Yeah, I'm really excited. He's shown that he's definitely worth that second round pick. Um and one thing I want to point out is um Aside from the injuries that you can put on him so far, um, he has struggled with fumbles in college, and he just had a fumble the other day. A lot of people are saying that the fumbles are really staying with him, but I think Sanders is really a guy that um, I mean, he's saying day after day he wants to prove to everybody on this team that he's worth making the team. You know, he's not um, in a lot of people's minds he's fighting for the starting role, but you know he's fighting to make sure he makes the team. Obviously, he's a lock. Um, a near lock to make the team, but he wants to prove to everyone that he deserves to be in the league and make the team because he was um, outshined by Saquon Barkley his whole college career, except for one season. Um, So I think if he improves those fumbles, he's going to be a fantastic running back. And I'm not going to say that um, the fumble probably problem is going to come back because I think he'll definitely get coached up very well. And um, you can see he's spending time after practice to, kind of work on his technique and um, work on catching passes and really be the best running back that he can for this team. Yeah. And uh, I don't have the full quote on me, but uh, the Brandon Graham quote talking about Miles Sanders, um, where he's pretty much called him a very impressive player and uh, really applauded him for how good he's been so far. He, he's probably one of the guys involved in those fumbles in practice. And he, uh, Brandon Graham's not just going to say that about Sanders those glowing um, reviews just because he wants to do, he's going to say that if he really means it. So um, if you have guys like Brandon Graham saying how great this guy is doing guys like coaches like Doug Peterson really saying um, how he's separating himself from the pack so far um, there, obviously fumbles are concerned. That's kind of why guys like Josh Adams don't really have a chance at making the roster. So um, Miles Sanders will have to fix that. But like I said before, he's a very exciting player. He can, um, make a big play anytime he's capable of in a short game and um, having long runs receiving. So he can do a lot and he's really impressing a lot of people on this team. Yeah, for sure. And um, the last player on the offensive side of the ball, that's really been shining is rookie Andre Dillard. Um, a lot of people were skeptical, skeptical about picking him in the first round of the draft, especially trading up for him, but he's really proven himself. He stepped in for Jason Peters the other day and he was playing great, especially in pass protection. So it's great to see that he's um, making all these strides early in his career. He's not expected to start or play a lot um, so far in his first year, but it's great to see that he's already almost NFL ready um, in just a few months after being drafted. Yeah, and him being able to learn from Jason Peters, um, I mean, that's such a great thing for Andre Diller because Jason Peters is like, for, for NFL players, he's a guy on a pedestal. Offensive linemen aspire to be like Jason Peters, and Andre Dillard, day in and day out, gets to learn everything from Jason Peters in all of his ways. And what's, he, what's even better is Jason Peters is completely willing to give Andre Dillard all of his ways to show him how to be a great left tackle. So not only that, like even that alone makes Andre Dillard a success in training camp. He 
he's learning so much and we we're seeing he's proving on the field that he's taking that from what Peters is saying and putting it on the field and he's able to do it. So all, all around, it's very clear. Andre Dillard is going to be the left tackle of the future. He's going to be a really good left tackle once Jason Peters decides to hang up the cleats and move on. Once he does that, the Eagles are in very good hands with Andre Dillard. Yeah, for sure. And Jason Peters was interviewed a couple of days back about um, Andre Dillard being his replacement. is going to happen you know they got to prepare for him um going out of the league and he still wants that playing time um and he's going to get it but he just said if he's still on the team he's going to make the most out of um coaching up Andre Dillard and it's great to see that he's willing to give him all the tools that he needs to you know make him better as a player better as a person because Jason Peters is a great player and um, a great leader off the field in the locker room and you just want to see Andre Dillard step into the same shoes that Jason Peters had because it's always sad to see guys like this go and retire. They're leaving a great legacy, and it's hard to fill the role of these players. And if the Eagles um, went ahead and drafted someone like in the uh, defensive line or a wide receiver in the first round of the draft, you might not be getting Jason Peters' replacement for a couple more years, and it's going to set the team back um, more than if they drafted him right now. So... Andre Dillard was a great pick, and um, he's proven himself so far already. Lane Johnson said he would be ready to play week one if need be. So um, it's good to see that he's ready to go. Um, you know, if they need a backup, it looks like they might lean on him a little bit more than Big V. Um, so it's good to see that he's making all this progress so far, and he's just a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they obviously took Andre Dillard in the first round for a reason. There were a bunch of guys on the board that they could have taken, and Andre Dillard, I think I remember Howie Roseman saying he was like a top 10 player on their board. So they really believe that he's going to be a solid left tackle. So they don't want Jason Peters to get hurt. But in the event it happens, um, it's not like it's going to be the end of the world anymore where they're worried about Carson Wentz's blind side. Uh, Andre Dillard will be able to come in and protect Carson Wentz and really do what he needs to do as a left tackle because it's, it's the second most important position in football. You have the quarterback and then you have the guy protecting the quarterback. So um, the team's very high on um, Andre Dillard. And like I said before, learning from Jason Peters, who the team kind of took a chance bringing Jason Peters back because of the injury issues he's had. Obviously, he was considering retirement, even though he says he never did. He always wanted to come back. But um, yeah, for Andre Dillard, it's a great situation. Great start to his rookie career. Um, I'm sure the team doesn't hope he has to play because they would love for Jason Peters to play. But for Andre Dillard, he, he knows he'll be ready if he's called upon. So it's obviously a great thing. Yeah, great points. I'm definitely excited for Andre Dillard to make it this progress. And it's great to see that he's getting coached up by a guy like Jason Peters. It's only going to be great for the Eagles to um, have him going forward. And now as we transition to the defensive side of the ball, there's a pair of defensive ends that are really shining in training camp, which we will get to after this ad. So, so far, Josh Sweat and Joe Osman are really proven that they – uh, deserve a role on this team when the roster cuts come around. Logan, what have you heard about these players? Uh, so first with Josh Sweat, because he's the one that's really stood out most. So the one big thing with Josh Sweat is he's gained 22 pounds since last season. He's now 270 pounds. I think me and you both can agree. The size he was at last season was not feasible to be an NFL defense event. He was getting manhandled every time last season he was on the field. Didn't really get much playing time. And now, He's he's this physical big defensive end who is really capable of um, throwing off tackles to be able to get to the quarterback. He's doing very well, and um, we, we just talked about Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard um, kind of schooled Joshua a few times. That's not a knock on Joshua. That's more how great Andre Dillard is. But um, Sweat himself, he's been playing very well. Um, definitely proving that the team has nothing to worry about at defensive end for the backup position because with Michael Ben and Chris Long gone, a lot of teams are a lot of people are um concerned about defensive end rightfully so but um with Josh Sweat there he's kind of easing the concerns about the fourth uh, defensive end position and then you include a guy like Joe Osman who <laughs> you would think out of what is coming out of Eagles camp you would think Joe Osman's like the next great thing because last season we heard how he would play as a Cleo Mack for the practice squad or these other great defensive ends and now he's actually getting a chance to make the team prove why he should be on the team and he's really continuing that success he He's an absolute beast. He's always making plays. He's um really showing the team that he's capable of doing it consistently when it really matters most because 
obviously practice back um, during the playoffs matters a lot. But for Joe Osman, there's not as much at stake. Now for him, there's a ton at stake. He's trying to earn a job. He's trying to make his living in football. So um, he's showing that when the pressure's on, he's still capable of doing it. So um, between Sweat and Osman, defensive end is really panning out to be much better than uh, some people hoped it would. Yeah, I know. I'm definitely excited about these guys. And starting with Josh Sweat, you know, you mentioned the gain that weight. And that's not easy to do. You know, he's definitely, I mean, he's a professional athlete. He's been working out all of his life. And um, if you look at Josh Sweat right now, he doesn't look overweight at all. The weight that he's gained is all muscle mass. And that's extremely hard to do. Once you're in the later stages of gaining muscle and working out, um, you know, most guys can only do like three to five pounds a year. For him to get 20 is insane. Um, And he's staying in shape. He's still fast. And he's just a... Uh, physical specimen now that the Eagles are going to really have to use to their advantage and he's hungry before um, training camp started he told everyone that you know he's going to prove that they're going to be fine without Michael Bennett and Chris Long he's going to make up for the loss and I really think he can now and I remember we talked about Josh Sweat earlier in the offseason and um, I mentioned that he's been remembered um, throughout his college years for being fast and that might work in college, but you know, it's not going to work in the NFL when you guys get, when you have a uh, bigger offensive lineman pushing you around, you need the size. And, you know, he listened to everybody saying that and he put on the size and now he's ready. He's ready to be in the NFL and, you know, get the sacks, get the hurries, not just come in every once in a while. He's ready to play. And uh, Joe Osman, you know, he's praised for his hard work. Like you said, he's, a, he's a monster. Uh, he's been doing great things for the organization already in the practice squad, but you know, it's ready for him to finally make that roster spot in the 53-man. Um, I think he will. You know, he's playing really well so far. If he keeps this up and keeps it going through preseason against other teams, the Eagles are going to re- make it really tough to um, cut him because he's proven himself, and he's just a great player, great guy, and I think it's time for him to finally get that job with the uh, 53-man roster. And he's definitely worked on his pass rush moves a lot because he's definitely improving. And he had a couple of would-be sacks in training camp. Obviously, they can't be hitting the quarterback. But uh, he's beating the offensive tackles consistently and getting to the quarterback. Um, so it's great to see his progression as defensive end. Yeah, uh, so just a quick segue. The Eagles actually just made a move. It's kind of insignificant. They signed tight end Alex Ellis, and they cut linebacker. Joey Alfieri, it's probably just a debt move uh, for camp bodies. And I think, I mean, you both probably agree that this isn't much, but still an interesting move right there, I would think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Eagles are always looking to make moves. And, um, you know, it's just what we've been preaching in our podcast that we just recorded that you guys are going to have to listen to before before this. Um, you know, they're always trying to add depth to better themselves. If something's not working out, they're going to, use it to advantage to get better. You know, they're not going to linger around with players on the team that aren't performing because they're trying to win a Super Bowl. They're trying to get better. So good move by Howie Roseman. You know, he's not missing when he's making these moves. He's always hitting home runs, whether it be a low-level player or a guy like Deshaun Jackson. So good move all around um, because you're always going to get better with depth, you know. Uh, it doesn't hurt to add more. Yeah, for sure. So back to – um Osman, I, he could make the roster if the Eagles decide to go with five defensive end defensive ends. If they decide to go with um four uh, defensive tackles, probably there would be uh, obviously Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, Leek Jackson, and then you have guys like Trayvon Hester there. So if the Eagles decide to go with five defensive ends, which is kind of heavy, but they could do it if they really do like Osman that much. Um, so he he could make the roster if he if he really shows that he deserves to find the team. The Eagles aren't going to keep him off the roster because the coaching uh, coaching staff loves him. They rave about him all the time. He's a uh, player who's really um, earned a spot in some fashion on the team, whether it's on the practice squad or the 53-man roster. And um, like we said with a few guys, this is the year for um, Joe Osman to finally make the team because he's been kind of in the wings waiting to make the squad, be able to make a true impact on the team. And uh, this is kind of his chance. So if the Eagles decide to stretch it out a little bit, it completely opens up the door for him to make the roster. And honestly, I kind of expect Osman to do that, to open the door for himself because he can really force his way into this team. And I definitely think that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. The Eagles can't really hide this talent uh, on the practice squad anymore because the way the practice squad works is if 
a player, another um, team in the league is going to sign this player to their 53-man roster and give them a chance to actually be an NFL player, not just on the practice squad. You know, the Eagles can't hold them back unless they sign them to the 53-man roster, promote them up. So if they're just expecting to keep Osman on the practice squad again, I think he's definitely going to get snatched up because if he's getting that much praise from the Eagles team, you know, there's 10 other teams looking into it. They're going to monitor his status with the team. And if he gets cut, it's going to be very hard to keep him around. So they got to think about this. Um, Obviously, the defensive end group is pretty good with Curry, Sweat, um, aside from the starters, obviously. But if they want to keep a fifth defensive end, it's got to be Joe Osman. He's definitely deserved it. And the time is now. If they don't keep him around now, it might be never. Yeah, and Eagles are, they're probably the team that knows best about plucking players off of uh, other teams' practice squads because if the Redskins never put Nate Sudfeld on the practice squad, he wouldn't be on the Eagles right now. Um, so that obviously would have changed out like a little bit for the Eagles. So they know that they can't put Joe Osman expecting him to sit there and be there waiting some more for him because teams are going to need defensive ends. Injuries happen or someone requests a trade and all of a sudden you have an opening there and they'll – They'll know what's coming out of Eagles camp. They pay attention to all the teams, kind of listening on who's doing well, who's not. And then if they see a player's on the practice squad, if they have a chance to and a reason to pick up that player, they're going to do it. So, like you said, Matt, they definitely can't risk putting Joe Osborne on the practice squad again if they feel he's worthy of being on the team. And we've said this before, the team always puts himself in the best position to be able to succeed. So, if they think Joe Osman can be a piece of the puzzle to succeed, they're going to use him one way or the other. He's not going to be on the field for 50% of the snaps, but he can be a factor sometimes at defensive end. He can do some things on special teams. So he, if he proves that he will have a role in this team, he will be able to contribute. So if the team wants him, they got to keep him. Yeah, it's something to look out for. And the next player that we're going to talk about comes from the linebacker position, Camus Grugier-Hill. And uh, back when we talked about our breakout candidates for the year, I mentioned that, um, you know, Derek Barnett was my candidate, but I said Camus was my honorable mention because I think he's really going to have a great year, but signing Zach Brown, I think, was going to hold him back a little bit. But I think he really deserved to start now because he's shining in training camp. He's an interception machine. And I think he's going to take that um, time right back that he deserved. Zach Brown is obviously going to have a big role in this defense, but, you know, Camus Grugier-Hill is coming to play, and he's coming to play well. Um, he's picked off Wentz on multiple occasions, a couple that were in the red zone, which is huge to see that the Eagles are having playmakers in the red zone on defense, because that's something that they've, um, you know, cherished for a while now is having that good red zone defense. You can beat them up, um, down the field, but once it gets into the red zone, it's game on. And if they have another playmaker that can get interceptions, force turnovers, and not only prevent a touchdown, but prevent a uh, field goal, then, Guys like Camus are going to be playing. They're going to be playing a lot. Yeah, I'm going to actually take it a step further. I think not only he's going to start this year, but he's going to be a three-down starter. I think he showed that he's good against the run. Like you said, he's really proved that he's good against the pass. He's able to do it all. And uh, he's kind of going to be like the linebacker version of Malcolm Jenkins, where he's going to be in the trenches making tackles. And then he's going to be flying across the field, deflecting a pass or intercepting it. And then he's going to be playing special teams, doing what he has to do there. So, um, He's really impressive to people at uh, training camp, really stepped up his game. He's, he's kind of finally made that growth to the next level where he, he is honestly the most complete linebacker that the Eagles have because you have a guy like Zach Brown, who he's very dominant against the run, not great against the pass. You have Nigel Brown, who's a great player, good against the run, not amazing against the pass. And then you kind of have the other backups like Nathan Jerry, um, other guys too. But Kamu Grugier-Hill, his entire game, he, he's kind of becoming the whole package said this before say it again he still has to prove in preseason still has to translate to the regular season but from what's happened so far in camp he's really emerged as arguably the best linebacker on the team yeah i definitely agree and he's so athletic i mean we can't forget that back when the eagles had um was it jake elliott that went down with an injury and yeah yeah so jake elliott gets hurt against the cowboys and um the team was made it clear that they were gonna um you know go for two-point conversions rest of the um, game, but you know you've got Camus Grugier Hill kicking the ball after they score. <laughs> he's he's forcing touchbacks as a linebacker. You know he's so athletic and he's so valuable to this team. For years in the past, he's just been um, you know a depth piece and just come in and kind of 
make his living on special teams, but now he's really competing for that starting job. And like Logan said, he might be the best linebacker going forward. They got a lot of skilled guys like Nigel Bradham and Zach Brown. The positional group's very, very good, but um, Kamugri J. Hill might surprise and turn some heads when we get into the regular season because he's proven himself, he's athletic, and he's better than ever now. Yeah, I actually got a funny stat about that. So um, Jake Kelly in 2018, he had a, a touchback percentage of 26.2%. And in that Cowboys game, Kamu had one of his four kicks for a touchback. So he was 25% <laughs> touchdown or a touchback percentage. So he's hand in hand with Jake Kelly right there. Maybe they should uh, um, save some money and trade Jake Kelly. Obviously, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> but he, yeah, he's a very athletic player. He really can do it all. Um, it, he's, I think... I'm not sure if he's in a contract year or if he has two years left. I don't remember off the top of my head. But um, he's really proving why he should be on this team long term, um, really showing that he's capable of doing it all. Um, he's kind of been in the wings waiting, not kind of to the measure Joe Osman has, but he's been waiting to really emerge as the guy at linebacker. And the Eagles don't appreciate linebackers very much, but I think they're going to really appreciate what Kamu Grugier Hill is capable of doing for them. Yeah, he's a baller. I really like him. And, um, you know, he's shown his athletic ability since he came into the league. And now it's time for him to, you know, use it as a starter. So um, I think it's re- going to be very valuable to ha- have him around. And like Logan said, he's getting to the end of his rookie deal. And for them to keep him around for years to come, you know, he might be the future at linebacker um, when everybody thought he was just a depth piece. But uh, going back into the secondary Eagles have two cornerbacks that are really shining in training camp, and that's Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. Um, give Logan some credit here because Sidney Jones is his breakout candidate for this year, and he looks to be right so far. Sidney Jones is shining in training camp, both at outside cornerback and nickel cornerback, and it looks like it's finally his year to prove that um, he would have been a first-round pick if he didn't tear his Achilles. Yeah, he would have been a top-15 pick, um, not just a first-round pick. He would have been... <laughs> One of, if not the top cornerback off the board. And um, one way or the other, the Eagles are going to have to start Sidney Jones, whether it's on the outside or in the slot. Sidney Jones is playing way too good to sit on the bench. He, 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 he has star potential at cornerback. I think a lot of people forget about this because of the injuries. I know it was frustrating. He missed pretty much all of his rookie season because of the Achilles. And then he doesn't have a full off season to get strong. So he's going into 2018 at kind of, not in the best position possible because his body's not very strong. He had to focus on healing that Achilles. So then he's getting these soft tissue injuries like we see with players when they come back from major uh, um, lower um, body injuries. And then so he's getting hurt again. And people are like, okay, is he injury prone? Um, is, is he even going to be useful for us? And then I wrote the wrote this article about it. I decided to share it again because of the uh, hype about Sidney Jones. It, it reminds me completely of Brandon Graham and Nelson Aguilar where Brandon Graham, terrible his first few years didn't really do well seemed like a waste of a first round pick and then all of a sudden he emerges as a guy winning the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles not just contributing he made the play that got the Eagles from possibly holding on to win to winning the Super Bowl and then you have um, Nelson Aguilar who terrible drop issues could not catch a football to save his life his uh, first few seasons and then all of a sudden you see all these videos of him in practice making these crazy acrobatic catches in practice and it's like okay this is a completely different player and for me, I've, I've used Sidney Jones to the exact same thing. He's this guy who has this terrible reputation because he's getting hurt, and now he's really showing people who the true Sidney Jones is, and um, he's going to open so many eyes, not only for Eagles fans, but across the league. He's going to – he's going to – I bet at the end of the season, Sidney Jones is the best cornerback on the Eagles after the 2019 season. Yeah, I could definitely see it. And you mentioned um, Brandon Graham and Nelson Aguilar having slow starts to their career. Doug Peterson pointed that out. He wasn't – um, afraid to point out that you know some players just don't develop like they're supposed to um, but then they come around to be great players he's not um, quick to pull the trigger on you know benching Sidney Jones or um, you know possibly even cutting him because if you give a player a chance that he deserves you know you're going to get results like this coach him up give him the benefit of the doubt he was picked in the second round it was a risk for the Eagles but it's looking like it's going to pay off finally a lot of people were Given them a lot of um, criticism last season when Sidney Jones would go down. Um, seems like week after week he was going down, getting hurt. Even if he would return to the game, he was always in that medical tent. And um, he was getting a bad reputation from Eagles fans because he just couldn't stay healthy after missing an, an entire year. 
looks like the Eagles were playing it safe and then he was going to come back strong, but he never really got to prove himself because he just kept getting hurt with the hamstring, calf, um, whatever it was, he couldn't stay on the field. But if he stays on the field, I mean, we had a long discussion about this when uh, Logan said he was his breakout candidate, but if he stays healthy, the sky's the limit for him because you know what he's capable of. He um, was compared to Marshawn Lattimore when he was getting drafted, and Lattimore is a great player already, and um, Sidney Jones was ranked higher than him. I don't know if he can you know, make up all that ground after recovering from these injuries, but you know the player that you're getting out of Sidney Jones because um, of who he was in college and how he was ranked. If he can return to that, then he's going to be a fantastic player. Yeah, I love pointing the players as being like prime underdog candidates we've had obviously every time i say underdog i think of that jason kelsey speech and how he went through the whole team and everyone's underdog story and sydney jones he's got one of the best underdog stories because 2017 he plays one game the last game of the season when all the backups are playing and then he's inactive for the playoff run he's inactive for the super bowl he watches his team running on the field while he's walking off knowing that he still has some more recovery to do from a torn achilles and then he gets hurt again in 2018, the year that's supposed to be, all right, I'm finally an NFL player. I'm finally going to contribute to my team. And then he's out again for another playoff. So he's got that hunger to really be on the field when it matters most. And he wants to be able to do that. He wants to be a contributor to the team. And not only can he be a contributor, he can be like one of the stars on the team. He could, he's capable of being the guy who two minutes uh, left in the Super Bowl, getting a pick six to put the Eagles on top or something like that. He's capable of doing that. And um, pretty much all that he's endured over the last few years between people calling him injury prone and him not being able to be on the field, he's heard all this stuff. It's not like he's putting his phone down for 24-7, not looking at social media. He's seen one way or the other people complaining about his injury issues, and now he's ready to put that um, to rest and really show people that he's capable of being a great player. And eventually, at one point, people it's going to be universal that everyone as an Eagles fan loves Sidney Jones. Yeah, definitely. It's gonna. It's definitely um, very, very similar to Brandon Graham and Nelson Aguilar. He's gonna come around, and fans are really gonna turn their heads and you know appreciate them for where they were drafted and um, them coming around in their career and proving themselves. Sitting Jones, um, it's great to see his progress, and um, you see videos of him keeping up with Deshaun Jackson in camp. Um, Deshaun Jackson's not a slow receiver, you know. He's very shifty, he's very quick, and Sitting Jones is keeping up with him making some plays on the ball, and um, he's really coming into that complete cornerback role that he was um, recruited as um, out of college. And um, another cornerback that we mentioned a little bit earlier was Rasul Douglas, and he is a player that really hasn't um, gotten to prove himself such as uh, Sidney Jones so far because um, he just wasn't given the proper uh, playing time. You know, when the Eagles cornerbacks would struggle, um, Rasul Douglas still wasn't on the field. He would come on for a little bit, maybe get an, even an interception, but um, the Eagles still wouldn't play him. It only took uh, injuries for Rasul Douglas to get on the field, and he played pretty well. Um, he did have that tip ball against the Cowboys, which led to the Amari Cooper game-winning touchdown, but that's not his fault. You know, He made a great play on the ball, and that's what he's kind of remembered as. Like he's, he's doing everything he can, but it's not really working out for him. But I think he's going to flip the script this uh, season. He deserves an outside cornerback position. Obviously, Ronald Darby might be the favorite to start just because of that big contract that they gave him. But Russell Douglas, it's time for him to start playing in a role that he deserves. Yeah, he's been kind of a guy who's been years in the making of finally earning um, a starting spot on the team. I don't I don't think it's quite as likely as it is for Sidney Jones just because you have Avante Maddox in the equation. Maybe if... um. Ronald Darby isn't 100% yet, then Russell Douglas gets to prove that he should be a starter. But he, the transformation that he's made over the past year has been pretty incredible because last season he was kind of viewed as this guy who wasn't exactly in shape enough, which is part of the reason he didn't get the playing time that some thought he deserved. And now he's kind of put on all this muscle. He's a lot stronger. Um, and it's not like he's like a slow cornerback now because he put on this muscle. He's, he's the same cornerback, just stronger now, which means he'll be able to be on the field more he'll be able to be used 60-70% of the snaps um, if the team decides to do that. So he's, at least from a physical standpoint, put himself in a position to succeed. It's kind of going against him the fact that there's so many good cornerbacks in that room who are capable of starting. But um, it it's kind of similar to what I said with other guys. If Rasul Douglas proves 
that he's capable of being a starting cornerback, I think it'll happen one way or the other because stuff happens. Guys get hurt or guys struggle. And um, it's not like we, – we, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but um, it's not like they're going to set the cornerbacks a week one and then that's it. That's the starters for the entire season. They'll be uh, very fluid with it. If somebody's struggling a little bit, they'll put in another guy. And then say the other guy plays well again, he'll start again. So it's going to be this constant rotation. So even if Rasul Douglas doesn't start week one, it's not to say that he won't start at all in um, 2019. So um, he's capable of doing it. And I think he's at least putting himself in a good position to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. And this year, more than ever, the Eagles aren't going to be playing favorites. Um, I said before a couple minutes ago that Ronald Darby might be a lock to start just because they gave him that big deal. But um, looking into a little bit more, like they're not fully committed to him because they have so much talent at a cornerback. And if Rasul Douglas is playing well, he's going to play, you know, um, there's going to be a lot of rotations with these cornerbacks. You're not going to really see cornerbacks getting um, very few snaps like years past because they're always going to be rotated and so they can play to their strengths. Um, I wouldn't even be opposed to seeing Rasul Douglas and Jalen Mills come in in the red zone because they're both um, really good in the red zone. Rasul Douglas is a great ball hawk and had a couple uh, interceptions in the red zone so far. Jalen Mills, one of the best corners in the red zone so far, but um, Rasul Douglas is improving his game across the entire field and could make a very strong case for him starting. So it's going to be important to see where these cornerbacks are succeeding when they're succeeding, and um, they're not going to be able to play favorites with guys that have succeeded in the past or um, who their money is locked to because they're trying to win a Super Bowl and they got to focus on who's hot right now and ride that until it ends. Yeah, I really like that uh, red zone point you made. That was something we kind of thought of a few weeks back, and um, that's really a great spot for um, Rasul Douglas to really make his way because um, so you have – Avante Maddox, who's probably too small to play in the red zone. So you could replace him with Sidney Jones, put Sidney in the slot. And then, say, Jalen Mills still isn't ready to come back. Then you put Rasul Douglas out there. So we have Rasul Douglas and um, Ronald Darby, who are both great in the red zone. Obviously, Ronald Darby uh, had that great play against Julio Jones in the uh, red zone in the first game of last season. Then you have Sidney Jones, who I obviously just praised. Uh, he's capable of doing so much. and um, So that's a great rotation to have. And then, say, Russell Douglas proves that he's really good there. Maybe they test him out um, in other parts of the field and see if he's able to hold up there. And then all of a sudden he's slowly building to have this bigger and bigger role. So there's definitely an avenue there for uh, Russell Douglas to make his way. And um, like I said before, he's, he's at least putting himself in a good position to have a solid role in the team. He's not at risk of being cut or anything, um, but he's at risk of having not a ton of playing time. But he's capable and he may earn more playing time. Yeah, that's all these players can do right now because a lot of um, players on the Eagles, in fact, almost all of them, are you know playing a role. Even one of the best playmakers on offense, even in the league, Zach Ertz, you know, he's sharing snaps with Dallas Goddard now. Um, Deshaun Jackson, a great deep threat, is going hand in hand with Alshon Jeffrey. Fletcher Cox is going to be rotated with Malik Jackson and Tim Jernigan, the cornerback group, as we're mentioning right now. They're all great players, and they had good careers so far, but, you know, they're all going to be role players because um, you got to rotate all these guys in and play their strengths. So Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, they just have to play as well as they can in training camp preseason if they get a couple snaps here and there um, and just show what they're capable of. The coaching staff will handle it from um, their standpoint and see uh, in their eyes who's playing the best, and they're going to have the authority to put together the best defense possible but the name of the game of this Eagles team is depth and rotations and and it's really going to take them far because it's going to keep players fresh and also um, keeping their best players in at the best possible times Um, like I mentioned that red zone rotation or um, Logan saying to keep Avante Maddox in all the way up until the red zone if that's going to keep this team succeeding then you got to ride that um, because that's a, an advantage that the Eagles have that a lot of other teams in the league do not, and it's going to take them very far because of it. Yeah, that's the great thing about this coaching staff is uh, they kind of feed the players the thought of don't stretch yourself too far. Don't do, don't try to be something that you're not. Don't try to do something you're not capable of doing. Stay within yourself. Stay composed and really just hone your craft and hone what you're good at, and eventually you'll grow, and eventually people will notice, and you'll get what's yours, get what you deserve, and um. 
like we said before, Russell Douglas specifically, he's been this guy who's kind of been overlooked, kind of put in a position that doesn't suit him very well in terms of playing time because we know he, at least on the field, he's capable of doing more. Um, Physicality-wise, he wasn't quite there yet. Now he's there, though. Now he's showing the coaches, okay, like I'm committed to doing this. I'm committed to being the best player I can be. I'm committed to helping the team. And it's not like Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz aren't going to notice that. They're going to see that. They're going to see, okay, Rasul Douglas is coming in here every day, giving all he has. He's grown a lot since last year. All right, I think it's time we play him more. So that's really something that's going to happen. And um, it with all these players, if they prove they deserve it, they're going to get it. The Eagles aren't a team that like to kick players to the side. They like to use these players because they know that they can – help them to the bigger cause, which is a Super Bowl. And um, players aren't going to be mad if they get benched for a player that's better. They're going to look at it as, okay, what can I do to help the team now? Maybe it's special teams. Maybe it's, um, okay, I got to stay ready if someone gets hurt. So there's all this stuff going on, and it just all rises up to one great thing and uh, one great goal. Yeah, definitely. Great points there. And uh, I just want to touch on one more thing that you brought up earlier about Rasul Douglas getting into better shape, gaining some weight. Um, I tuned into one of the Eagles uh, live broadcasts from their training camp a couple of days back. And when they were doing a drill with the cornerbacks, Rasul Douglas not only looked like he towered over the cornerbacks, but he was just so much bigger, wider, thicker than every single cornerback in line uh, around him. And when he was doing drills, it didn't look like a different player at all. He just looked bigger. He still was fluid in his motions. Um, he still made good plays on the ball. He's just bigger. He's stronger. And, it's like just what we were talking about with Josh Sweat earlier. You know, he's they're getting bigger, but they're not losing any step along the way. And that's uh, scary for opposing offenses because these players were decent before. Um, Josh Sweat was decent in college, but when they're getting bigger and they're getting stronger and better at playing football along the way, then they're going to be the next starters um, in years to come, and they're going to be playing well. And it's going to be used to their advantage. This competition that they have going on this year is going to carry over for years to come. Competition breeds excellence. And the Eagles are really doing a great job of keeping a lot of competition going through, making sure these guys are getting stronger, faster, better than ever. And uh, it's not only going to help for this year, but years to come, keeping these younger players around, um, learning from the older guys, competing with them. And they're going to be a lot better because of this. Yeah, and with uh, Douglas specifically, it's kind of similar to what I said with um, Carlton Agadozzi, where sizes, that's where they're, they're unique. Agadozzi, he's a lot bigger than the other receivers. And with Rasul Douglas, he's like the one cornerback that on the team that's got the size that you need to guard these big receivers because you don't want to put a guy like Avante Maddox on Julio Jones. He's going to get completely overpowered. He's going to post him up every time, get these easy receptions, and they're going to slowly march down the field and score a touchdown every time. Whereas if you put Rasul Douglas on, um, a guy like Julio Jones, he's capable of getting in his face and knocking the ball loose and getting his hand up there and making sure that's not easy for him. Um, and obviously with guys like that, it's um, tough to dominate them. But with Rasul Douglas putting on the weight, maybe now he's he's that guy that slows down a Julio Jones or a Michael Thomas because we saw last year what happened to the Eagles secondary when they faced these great receivers. They got torn apart. Um, obviously, they won some of those games. They lost some of those games, but... You don't want your secondary getting blown up every single time you face a halfway decent player. So um, with a guy like Rasul Douglas, he's very unique. Um, and I really like that phrase. What was that competition breeds excellence? Yeah. yeah. I think the Eagles should put that on the wall or something. That's something that Definitely. that's a great model for them to have because it's true. They have so much competition going on. And this is um, something we've harped on so much. The amount of competition they've had, it's just going to make all these players so much better, whether it's a guy who started for the last three years or a guy who has been on the practice squad for the last three years. It's all going to make everyone better. And um, they're all great teammates. They all like each other. And um, so it's not going to cause this kind of toxic vibe in there. It's going to really make them grow as players and as teammates. So as a team, the Eagles probably can't be happier than what's going on right now. Yeah, for sure. And we're only seven practices into training camp. We haven't even played a preseason game yet. And we, Logan and I just went through a very long list of players that are um, not only playing well, but exceeding expectations. If we just went over everybody that was playing well, we'd be here for a couple of hours because this team is so skilled. But um, these exceptional players that are playing um, not only great, but exceeding their expectations, going into a starting role that they might have not had uh, last season is crazy. The Eagles are going to look a lot different next year. 
they're going to look a lot better. And, um, you know, we're going to get a little bit of um, taste for this in the preseason when the Eagles roll out their new look uh, offense and defense. It's not going to last long. They're not going to put the starters out there for that long. But, you know, we're still going to see guys start to step step up. Some guys that are um, competing for a spot on the 53-man roster, trying to compete for a spot to be on the training camp. They're all going to be giving it their all. So I'm really excited to see this full roster come into form. Yeah, I'm usually not too thrilled about preseason games. They're usually pretty boring and everything. But um, this coming up in six days when they have their first preseason game, that's going to be exciting to see just where these players are between maybe Miles Sanders gets two series instead of just one. Or then you have guys like Mark and Michelle, Carlton Agudozzi, Greg Ward coming in. You finally get to see um, just how capable they are of playing because that's one thing to be in practice, going through the motions and doing what we need to do. It's another thing to be on a game stage where you know there's extra eyes on you and the whole organization looking over you and seeing what you're capable of doing. So that first preseason game, that's going to be a great sign of where, not not the like starters, but the backups, a great sign of who's where and who's really worthy and who's not worthy. And then from there, they get to grow more and maybe make up some ground on from what they did in uh, week one or build upon it. So it's the preseason game um, is going to be definitely very exciting to see. And um, I'm looking forward to just seeing where all these guys are at. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning into our discussion today. It was definitely a very fun one to have to monitor how these guys are playing throughout the training camp going into the preseason. Because like we've said, the competition is at the highest stake right now. And the Eagles are doing everything that they, that they can to keep these guys um, healthy and at their best um, possible playing abilities so far. If you have any thoughts on our discussion today, just send us a tweet at Birds Banter on Twitter and uh, let us know who you think is doing well, who you think can do better. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys going into the preseason about what um, everybody should be looking for and all of that. Um, please make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform so you never miss another episode from us, and go Birds!